A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Thursday Spurs Day podcast. It's actually on a Thursday this week, Phil. We're both dedicated to the task at hand once again because yeah, it, it's had a Christmas isn't it ourselves. we have yes, it Santa is. has said he was going to bring us both sacks of coal <laughs> <laughs> look it's, it, it is the season mate for this twee shit you know when all your favourite TV programmes suddenly like go on let's do a Christmas oh, episode then you give yeah. them a pass don't you you do, you do, and can I just say the worst thing about? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not like a, a bar humbug type about Christmas, but there's one thing that really kind of gets my back up about Christmas, and it's the phrase "figgy pudding." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's, it's how indignant so, the little shits are that want yeah. it. We won't and also, go until we've got some. What? And also, it sounds shit. Who do you think you are? <laughs> figgy. It's not fig pudding, so there's not. There might not even be figs in it. It's just it's figgish. It's figgish unnecessarily twee, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> how, yeah. How Figgy. hilarious these carol carolers find it when they call that bit, and you're just like, "Oh, we'll smash everyone's head in, mate!" <laughs> Get off Figgy. Figgy sounds like a name that you would hear called out in Waitrose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you're going yeah, into yeah, Waitrose yeah. for some nice olives or something, Figgy, can you put that down? <laughs> you <know? laughs> Oh God, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. Um, Footy ball. Yes, yeah, we talk about football. Well, Spurs have been quite naughty. Smack on the bottom. Um, bad behaviour. Bottom of the fair play league with forty-four yellow cards and four red cards. Is this a cause of concern for you, mate? What is what is is going on at Tottenham? It's quite strange, isn't it? I have to say, I mean, I not not to really point blame, and I think this is kind of a wider issue with the league at the moment where every game I, I watch, you know, talk about VAR or whatever, but the refs seem to be given fouls and, and yellow cards and red cards for the most kind of ludicrous things, right? So that, that I think that underpins it. And I think with us, we're just so pumped up as well, right? And the, the way that we play is, is aggressive, not necessarily dirty, but it's aggressive in terms of, you know, trying to win the ball back, trying to press, mm. trying to close, trying to get stuck in. Um, so I think it's more kind of reflective of the change in um, approach from referees where any sort of tackle... Although, again, I will say that we seem to be unfairly treated because, like, you know, even the Forest game, who, who was that lad, Yates, who was just going around booting us up in the air all game? And, and gesturing uh, for cards as well. Yeah, so, so you're like, OK, so... We're getting yellow cards in. You can say, fine, maybe that's with in keeping with what's going on. But then if the other team are kind of getting away with murder, same thing against Chelsea, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why that's the case. I mean, I'm I'm not really one of these sort of like tinfoil hat people who, you know, say there's a conspiracy against us. But um, it awesome, does seem to be this. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does seem to be that a lot of our... I don't think it's necessarily accurate or indicative of the fact that we're a dirty team, put it that way. Um, it is interesting to note, just to your point about our intensity and the way in which we play, we are also the most fouled team. So I guess conversely to us being the biggest foulers 
as well. Probably because we've probably got one of the highest possession stats as well, right? I would, I would if you think so. about it that way. So if you've got yeah. the ball most, then you're going to get fouled. There's more opportunity to foul you, right? Mm. Um, Do you think, it, it, just in a, in, a, in a practicality sense... Do you think Andrew maybe needs to tell him to, to curb it a bit? If you know, because I, I understand that we don't want to take anything away from the team, the intensity, the blah blah blah. But you know, we've got Saar on the on the verge of a of a suspension now for yellow cards. Uh, we've got somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Connor was saying the other day, wasn't he? That we've got Saar as well. Could be Romero again on the verge of another suspension. I mean, it's great that we are playing with this. I don't want to say reckless abandon, but with this high intensity. However, we're not making life easy for ourselves, are we? Surely it's it's, it's counterproductive, isn't it, in some ways? I think so, yeah. Um, I think that... But then again, if we had a better squad, I think we'd feel the, the effects of it less, right? You know, having a player... It's, it's rare that players will play every single game, you know, that you don't make changes game to game. I don't think we're allowed to kind of do that. So I think it's... Um, I'd I'd be conscious, as you say, of telling our players to calm down because I think that's when the system starts to fall apart a little bit. I think it needs to be at that intensity. They need to be smarter, the players, and they need to kind of get a feel of what's a yellow and what's not. But again, I think that's the problem. I think that there it's not clear cut. It's not there's no benchmark. The refs have completely lost control of what is a yellow and what isn't. There's no consistency, so it is a wider problem. Um, yeah. It does I mean I think Anjaz acknowledged it you know I think he he referenced it after the um, Bissouma red card right that he was like you know mm. this is it's it's not so much about not playing to win but it's just about knowing where the line is I guess so I think he probably does have it in mind because you know he he I'm sure as much as he loves sending his players out with the will to win and absolutely amped up he doesn't want to see them get him sent off so you know it's it's I'm sure he's got it in hand. I'm not gonna lie. I do, I do think we got we are getting a bit mugged off after the Liverpool thing. I know I know we're talking about conspiracy theories and stuff, but it it just it even if it's I don't what I mean is I don't think there's a big grand conspiracy where all the referees have sat down and said right we need to kind of even the score so like Spurs need to get in trouble a bit. I just think subconsciously most officials will be petrified of giving Spurs another big you know thing. That everybody can say, say yeah. look, I, I just think it must play into it, mate, because I, it, it seems balmy to me that we have this many yellows. And just like you say, anecdotally, from watching games ourselves, you think, fucking hell, man, like, really? Was that a yellow? Was that a red? I mean, Basuma's, I think most people say it's a red. To me, it's still an orange. I don't think he's gone in there maliciously. He's caught him. The foot, it, it seems to be that. And I guess this plays into the wider conversation about VAR, right? When I look at that Basuma one in isolation, you slow it down, the foot is high. Great. But just watch it back. Like, he's clipped the side of his leg. Yes, it's high. But he hasn't gone down. He hasn't applied force. When we're talking about high tackles, we're talking about somebody bringing their foot down in a, you know, in a stamping-type leg-breaking motion that is going to cause serious damage to somebody. Basuma's just slackly gone for the ball, missed it, and then clipped the top of the player's leg with his, you know, with his kind of foot. There's no force in it. You can see Basuma's foot flat back as it as it makes contact with him. Mm. It's a slack challenge. But what they're doing is they're applying this binary letter of the law. Right, high foot, we've slowed it down, 
red card, see you later, pal. It just, it, it all feels a bit silly. Uh, uh, you know, maybe I'm just a blinkered Spurs fan and if I was seeing that happen, you know, to, you know, an Arsenal player doing that, going in on somebody. But you see, you, you say that, but we had a whole week of discourse of Romero and his tackle on whoever it was the other week that didn't get penalised. And then we've seen William Saliba do probably an even worse tackle in Arsenal's game the other day against Brighton. And just nothing for that. No conversation around it. Nothing at all. Look, I'm, I'm just, maybe I'm just having a bit of a wobbly about it. It just feels a bit suspect to me at the moment. It feels, and in terms of like a lot of the media ones, Neville, Carragher, they love getting on their high horse about Tottenham a bit. I still think a lot of that comes down to them being kind of United, Liverpool, not liking us encroaching on their territory, of seeing that Spurs are getting better, knowing that they need to bring us down a peg or two. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, There's a yeah. lot to and unpack think, yeah. there in that, in that, in that uh, dirt uh, uh, bilge. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me wade through that. I think you're right, though. I think you're right. I, I'm, again, I'm not not sure about conspiracy, but I think you you you, you hit the nail on the head there. Eventually, <laughs> where you talked about Neville, if you notice, like when Neville or Carragher are on are on Cocoms, and there's a they see the VAR thing first, right, or they see the kind of um, the challenge first, and they're like, "Not for me." I bet, like a hundred percent of I, when they've seen it back, and they and they put their comment out there, Carragher or Neville whether it is or isn't a foul or is or isn't a penalty, not for me, that's what the referee goes with. I'm not saying the referee hears them, but I think that what you're right, it's about um, what the reputation of our players are, what the kind of narrative is around us. Spurs have a problem with discipline, so therefore it's easy. The refs are going to be thinking, if I don't give them a red card for this, am I going to get slated? Because I know Spurs are bottom of the disciplinary table, so... If I give them a red card, the story isn't, oh, this ref sent our player off. The story is Spurs have got another red card. And it's that. It's that kind of perception. I think refs, I don't think, have ever sort of made, not in this country. I mean, some regards and some comments from referees in the past have, you've, uh, you've, you've, you've queried as to their... Um, what their reasons for doing things are. But I think in general, it's about... Um, they are just influenced. They are influenced subconsciously by things, and that's that 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 that's very difficult to kind of get right. And again, I don't think it's conspiracy. I think it is just a bit of human nature. I don't think they're kind of strong enough to kind of stick to what the rules are and 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 um, see incidents in isolation. They'll always be aware of well, what's the front page going to say? Am I going to get slated on Talksport? A Sky going to be you know is my name going to be in the press? Which I'm sure they don't really want. Um, so I think it's more about that. Um, at the end of the day, does that necessarily help us? No, I mean we, you know, if, if we want to stop receiving that kind of treatment because of a reputation, then we need to change our reputation, right? Mm. I think it's more likely, to be honest, that when the ancient aliens landed and built the pyramids, yeah. the secrets that they passed to the pharaohs back then, that then was like you know proliferated throughout the area hidden inside Solomon's temple that the Knights Templar then came out and took and have passed down through Masonic kind of culture lineage to this point in time the message has always been clear and that is to make sure Tottenham Hotspur don't win stuff 
Yeah, I mean, you're way more knowledgeable on that sort of thing than I am, so I'll bow to your superior it's, it's, intellect it's, and blindly it's not go me. away with what you're saying. It's not me, it's the, it's the it's 5G it. towers that have told me oh. that. Hey, yeah. Is it all there? Is it all there if you look hard enough? It it's is. It's all there in front of you. Is it, is in, it? The, in the chemtrails and the... Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Fabrizio Romano um, understands that Tottenham have now opened talks to sign Jean-Claude Dobido in January. He's high on Tottenham's list. Not an easy deal with OGC Nice, but the talks have started. Spurs have spoken to the players' camp in recent days, but Tobido remains on Man United's list since June. Very on on face value, very very exciting news. Very talented player, French international. Um, just look at him on YouTube. You can see that he's clearly an Ange Postecoglou-style defender. Rangy, physically massive, quick, technically gifted. Um, has a bit of a dog in him, has a bit of the Romero's about him. I don't know if you've seen just this weekend or a couple of weekends ago, got sent off for punching somebody in the face on the pitch. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, which, which is interesting. Um, it, it, there's, there's two parts to this conversation. Let's first, we'll, we'll touch on the Manchester United um, section because Manchester, it was a Jim Ratcliffe, isn't it? Manchester United's new part owner, also part of the ownership structure at OGC Nice. One would imagine that that would prove somewhat problematic for Tottenham Hotspur in acquiring this player's signature, given that Manchester United also value him very highly, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, But on the other hand, that could be overcomplicating the thing completely. My, my thought when I saw us linked with him, and it's one of these things with Spurs transfers, and you can speak to players like Modric and Sonny, where their name gets sort of mentioned... And you just get a sense that it's further along than Fabrizio Romano knows or is reporting. And it, it we just end up sometimes closing the deal on these players. Dab Sanchez, same sort of, same sort of thing. Mm. Player's name pops up and in a couple of days it's all kind of done. That, I feel like, is what, we, what we're facing with this one. Yeah, you know, the OGC Nice and, and Man United stuff, but he, he's not taken over yet, has he? Jim Ratcliffe, that's not all been sort of ratified. I, I, I honestly, um, I can tell you. No, but again, I, that's, I think it's still sort of like up in the air a bit. So, and you know, as, as much as it's kind of daft to say, Man United are a bit of a joke at the moment and Tottenham aren't. So what's what's the kind of... Man United will always, always have that, that, that level of prestige that, you know, Spurs would have to win the league for 20 years in a row to even get close to that sort of thing. Unfortunately, you know, in the minds of the football world, how Man United are seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, th I think that we're probably, I think we'll probably see some positive movement on that in the next, next couple of days, to be honest. Wouldn't surprise me at all. What, what's so, Man United's financial, you know, financial fair play? Are they even in the position? They've got a pretty bloated, terrible squad. So we talk know. about it, how they should count, be. Though? Anymore. I mean, I like, know. look, Arsenal are on the verge of apparently signing Ivan Tony, so yeah, it seems seems a bit farcical, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I do know what you mean, though. It does. It kind of does feel like one of those where it's like where Spurs would drop on a Tuesday afternoon. We're delighted to announce the signing of Jean Claire Torbido. You know, he'll join us yeah. in January. You're like, oh, great, sick, nice one. Um, like when we just signed that 
you know, that young Croatian wonder kid dropped like whatever it was, about 15 mil or so, didn't we, on that 15 year old? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, that we can't sign till he's 18. He's apparently killing it this year as well. I, I, I saw an update on him. Um, Vuskovic, is it his name? Or am I just God, saying I a generic? Remember, I, remember, I can remember his face, but he can't, his name, you know, there was a big flurry of information and excitement about it and then completely just dropped away, didn't it, after it was done? Um, I saw like a Twitter thread about it, much like we did with um, Papa Matasar when we'd signed him and he was out on loan that was saying like, yeah, Spurs have got a real one here. This this kid's yeah. going to be special. Um, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the second part of the, the Torbido deal then that I, I put to you, mate, is... Uh, look, people are always going to... And it's, it's fine. I understand this, right? It's good to have quality. It's good to have quality and depth. We've seen that at the moment, how much we're suffering from not having viable options uh to to step in in place of christian romero or um mickey van der ven i do caveat that though by saying ben davis has performed absolutely brilliantly since being asked to do so um but when we're talking about the viable candidates through the prism of an Ange postacoglu system the type of players that he likes their physicality and the like we don't have anybody else right ashley phillips got injured we so we can't really say about him dorrington doesn't seem to be fancied um, or at least not just yet. Spending big money, and I would imagine it will be big money um, on Todibo if we do get him through the door. Do you think this is a quiet, maybe not short term, but still when we're looking at best 11s and such and start of next season, is this a quiet Romero replacement, are we thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it just it more it more points to the to having that you know the good problem to have where you've just got yeah. quality players backups or not. You know, you got two, it's not about a, a starter and a backup. It's two players vying for the starting position. That's what creates a, a you know um, a winning team, a winning team mentality that you you have to be at the top of your game. You can't just get yourself sent off for three weeks and then expect to come back into the game it's these sorts of things that we need to tighten up in terms of the overall mentality of the squad and the club so in that sense yeah and and then you know again as much as I like Romero I think my approach to this sort of thing is like well I I like Romero but I want the best for Tottenham and if we can get Mm. a player who can improve in any position that we've got you know you'd be sad if we managed to find someone who was better than Sonny but if they're better than Sonny, then that means Spurs would be better. You know, it's that sort of thing. And it feels quite harsh to say that and about loyalty and whatever. But I think, you know, this is the kind of sentimentality that other clubs, you know, look at City. You know, they have quality in 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 in, um, in, in every position two times over. So that that's kind of where we need to get to. Because as we've seen, you know, I still think that we were, we were going to go on a, a title challenge had, you know, things certain fall, fallen into place for us. But it had not only did they not fall into place, they fell completely out of the. I don't know how to end that metaphor, but you know what I mean. It completely yeah. collapsed. Had we had you know better players to come in, then I think we'd be in a much better position. I think we'd be you know pushing second at the moment. So even if we had you know one centre back, one what if we had a, a, a Romero replacement, that's the difference between six points or or, or no points over a couple of games, right? 
um, in that scenario. So that's how we kind of need to be looking. So, you know, I don't think it's the end of Romero. I think it could be the making of him in, in, in many ways. Did you, um, speaking of Sonny, did you see the video he, he, he did with the Premier League the other day with the two Spurs fans and their dad who, with his, you know, various um, cancers and such ailments? No, I didn't. It was a real tearjerker, really mate. Yeah, oh, it's, it? uh, it's it's part of their fan mail series. I don't know if you've seen it. At the premier, it's, it's it's actually nice content. Um, you know, there's a sea of dross now all over various different social media channels. I should yeah. know. I make it for a living. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they um, yeah they they you know have a basically a fan exchanges letters with a player and. These two girls t- spoke about their, the, you know, their father who is, you know, unfortunately suffering with some pretty, uh, pretty awful forms of cancer by the sounds of things, um, and how the match day is still their little ritual. Um, they start it by saying, you know, match day is the day when there is no cancer, and Sonny starts crying as he's reading the letter, and he he says, yeah, can we start again? Sorry, I'm an emotional guy, all this type of thing, and. You know, he just he, he goes and meets the family, and I, I, you know, I know the cynical take and all this stuff is it's 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 been set up and whatever, but it doesn't really matter the way he still treats these opportunities with such grace, and he doesn't just do it in a kind of hello, there you go, nice one, shake your hand, sign a shirt, fuck off type thing that you yeah. see, you know, you see from some players. It really just speaks of what an amazing guy he is, isn't he? And I I, I really I, I kind of feel like. He should be one that we just tie down to retire with us, you know. Feels like he's just such a big part of the club now that I don't care. I don't care if he drops a two out of ten here and there, you know. He's he's that type of player where it's like just keep him, keep him here, keep him as our our club captain, a massive ambassador for the club. He's just he's he's a great guy, isn't he? Quite clearly. He is, yeah. And as much as you know, we haven't won the league or the Champions League or anything. He's the sort of player, and it's just what he embodies, as you say, he's the player that I want to see murals of. He's the player I want to see a statue of, obviously because he stayed, if comparing to Kane. But, um, yeah, he, he just, he's just a cut above, isn't he? And I, I think it's easy to look at so many of these things as cynically, because a lot of them are cynical, I think. But I think, and then, as you say, I mean, I, I haven't watched it, but from what you say, it sounds like this absolutely just cuts through that, to be honest. Um, you know, as a comparison, I don't know if you saw the Cuti Romero ex Aussie Ardiles chat when they're talking about playing for Argentina and Spurs. It's it's a tough going, mate. It's a tough really? watch. It's like twenty odd minutes of. For some reason, Cuti Romero has a like an earpiece in, like someone's feeding him questions. <laughs> no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a weird thing. It's like Cuti yeah. Romero has no idea who he is. As as well, no real interest in knowing about what it was like playing in nineteen seventy eight. I mean, I'm you know I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but I just saw it watching it. I was like, this is this this could have been really good content. I think is my point, and it just comes off as really flat. I mean, watch it, you might you might have. It's quite you know, it has quite interesting. It's got interesting mm-hmm. Aussie Ardiles perspective of playing you know for Argentina, then Spurs joining the second division and all that sort of thing, and playing with Maradona and whatnot. But the t- the, it could have just been talking to Ozzy Ardiles. Kuti Romero doesn't really need to be there at all. That stuff's always quite painful, isn't it? When you see young kind of person, be it musician, film star, whatever, introduced to 
old legendary one that they clearly have no real idea of and yeah, seeing them try yeah. to do that well you know obviously when i'm in the presence of a legend like do you know like it's a template that you see replicated on all various different manner yeah. of talk shows and it, it oh it just kind of makes your toes curl a little bit doesn't it um yeah it really does and it's so that's the thing the thing about it is it's so transparent and i think you know we've gone on to a different conversation away from sunny here but i think that those kind of, and you, you you'll know this better than anyone because as you said this is your kind of domain but the idea that let's just stick well hang on a minute there's a comparison here between Kuti and Aussie Ardilis let's stick them together and have a talk about it it's like well yeah but you need to make sure that there is the chemistry or that both parties kind of know what it is and sort of want to do it it doesn't it doesn't work otherwise um I don't again I don't know why we just got onto critiquing social content but I suppose that's what we do quite a lot off off channel don't we <laughs> I'll have you know, mate, my domain is actually www.legend.com. So, uh, you know. Okay, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Uh, Jan Vertonghen, he's... You might uh, want to check where that ends up, actually. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, really dodgy. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was just a shit joke. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't I'm not actually... <laughs> I'm not part of any, like, white power movement <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> Jan Vertonghen has revealed the worrying impact of his head injury against Ajax. Very unpleasant episode. We all remember that. Not a uh, not a glorious moment for Mauricio Pochettino, that one either. Many of us uncomfortably were saying at the time, eh, I think Poch fucked that a bit as Jan Vertonghen walks off the pitch vomiting and the like, didn't he? Um, but he, he has spoken about the, the, the lasting mental effect after that collision with Andrea Nana during the, um, the home leg of the Ajax game. He said it affected him on and off the field for nine months. Tongan's mental issues persisted until the Champions League final against Liverpool, where he felt bad throughout the match and even fell asleep on the players' bus after the game. Um, all of his tests showed no physical problems, leading him to believe that his struggles were due to a mental psychological issue. Rest during the COVID-19 break finally allowed him to recover. I mean, it's, it's quite an interesting one. I don't, I'm not really entirely sure of... The point that's being made here, um, if Vertonghen is essentially talking about perhaps some sort of PTSD as a result of the collision. Um, either way, as I sort of said at the top, wasn't wasn't a great moment for Spurs, that one, was it? And I think 
the the way in which the the kind of there's been the speedy introduction of hedge injury protocols in the Premier League, it should I mean I know this was in the Champions League, but still it should hopefully put to bed a lot of these type of issues. We actually used a uh, a head injury substitution the other day, didn't we? In our in our game against whoever it was that we beat. <laughs> um, Forest, yeah, and I remember actually, and interestingly, I think we used one previously. Oh, it was when Romero um, scored and then went off. Was it against Bournemouth? Is that did right? we know? It was like a long time. Well, no, no, I thought point. we didn't. I thought we fucked. No, this it. is a, this, this is the point. We 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 were clearly taking him off for a head injury, but because we filled out the wrong form, it didn't go down as one. Which Ange was rightly like, is it, that's kind of beside the point, isn't it? The form isn't the isn't the point that we're taking him off. What you know? Why do we have to put a form in? That's weird. Um, but yeah, I think in general we've definitely kind of got a better grip of it. And I think this Vertonghen thing, as you know, as much as you know, even he says that they 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 did enough tests and you know constant tests and no one found any sort of like lasting effects from the concussion. And again, I, I was saying to, to you this this to you beforehand, and it's it's the, the interview's done in Belgium. I saw on Reddit um, someone saying that actually what he's talking about is sort of a wider depression episode that he he was suffering around that time that that exacerbated it. Um, you know I, that that would need to be corroborated by someone who can speak Belgian, but I think it's a wider point about kind of mental health and 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 um, the struggles there, and you know of course the complexity of, complexities of head injuries. Um, anyone who's had a head injury knows that you, you it does really just kind of mess you up for a little while even if it's a small kind of bump to the head or whatever that you certainly feel the effects of in the moment but then it, it does the, the weeks and the months afterwards it does take a little while for your for for your yeah for, for your brain to get back to what it was beforehand so it just shows the complexity and the importance of why the um these concussion protocols are in place and should be followed and you know certainly that we as football fans and you know going back to someone let's say Mauricio Pochettino had a very kind of different approach to football and about you know dare I say players who just man up and get on with it um that might be unfair to him but I think that there that it shows that there's no real place for that you know we were at, I was at that Ajax game we all watched it it was it was horrific to see him stumbling about and the fact that they took in my mind a long time to kind of get to him and get him off the pitch and then considering bringing him back on again um it was it was ridiculous it was really ridiculous so yeah it's a good thing that we've uh seemed to Im- improve our the way of thinking towards that man i remember in my in my 20s i did a bit of boxing training and stuff i i, I did it for long enough that i had a sparring session with a head guard on and all that type of thing. Number one, I would say that immediately, when you get into a sparring session, you know if like really <laughs> you're going to be any good at boxing or not. And I knew straight away, I just knew in myself, I was like, I don't want to punch, I don't want to hurt this person that I've got no issue with. It's like this lad mm. I see about in this gym, he's all right. I don't really feel the need to smack him in the face. Side point, after he'd obviously given me a tanning I just remember at that night even though I'd had a head guard on I just remember that night like my head just like throbbing and just feeling so spaced out and just thinking to myself this is not like this is not good what am I doing do you know what I mean like why why and I, I fucked it off after that because I was just like 
fuck this actually do you know what I mean like I d- just don't need it don't need it Heads, yeah it is, are, it is yeah it, it, if there's one place you should you shouldn't be getting punched in or bumped in it's the head because that's where your brain is and your brain's important isn't it you, we it's are literally yeah. we are literally people think oh there's I'm I'm a, I'm a fleshy being with a skeleton inside of me it's like you're not you're actually a brain piloting a skeleton with fleshy armor that's so, it that's what human beings are with these weird yeah little we're just like sponges. a weird little yeah weird little sponge that creates these like this driving this mech <laughs> this bone mech big big meat tube that just eats <laughs> yeah. and shits and fucks do you know what I mean? and, then just, and then just carks it eventually <laughs> it just gives up carks it and does a big fart and that's it game over <laughs> yeah just the filth runs out of it happy christmas everyone um (laughs) talking about filth i mean i don't think it i mean we're going on a bit here but the european super league something or others happened it's apparently uefa and all that weren't actually you know as entitled to shit on the super league as they thought they were according to some european court of law or whatever and the super league have put out a new They've put out a new proposal for how the tournament format would work. Um, now, as I said to you off there, Phil, I wonder, because it feels like UEFA kind of thought Super League's all done and dusted, but what we'll do is we'll try and appease everybody and make the Champions League similar to what the Super League format was going to be like. I think that could backfire on them a bit because people are now sort of like, well, Champions League looks a bit shit now, actually. I, don't, I think they've sort of devalued the competition a bit. That if the Super League does suddenly say, hey, look, here's all these kind of nice glittering prizes and things like that for all the clubs that take part, that people might be less asked now if if people do sack off the Champions League. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, really, yeah. I don't, you know. Let's be honest, the Champions League is only a kind of a European Super League, which rebranded the European Cup, which had the prestige. You know, the Champions League is, is now the gold standard, but only because... UEFA decided decided it so. What they've done now, you're right. This kind of league, what's what's the what's the phrase? Swiss style is that it? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I might be thinking about immigration. Um, <laughs> the, but but so, let's say okay. So everyone saw that kind of like that 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 um the, the new the new structure for the Champions League, and everyone was like, look shit, as you say. If then the European Super League comes out and says we're going to do it in group stages. <laughs> I know which one I'm going to be watching. The, the the format that I prefer, the European Super League. It doesn't matter about prestige. So yeah, you're right. It, it's interesting to see that the um, what UEFA have done, you know. And and I think this is the thing about the European Super League. As much as everyone was like, this is ridiculous, and you know, it did. It was a really kind of cynical thing to do. What I found quite rich at the time was UEFA kicking off about it, as if they've got any credibility at all, and you know. Gary Neville on Sky Sports of all places talking about it as if the Premier League isn't just a earlier version of that sort of same thinking about closing the, the money top hoovering exactly monster. like oh, so yeah. so come off it yeah um, and you know so we'll, we'll see how it pans out it doesn't surprise me that the, this this European court has, has decided that UEFA and FIFA had no right to block it because why would they right it's literally just organizations who can decide to start at their own 
tournament somewhere that doesn't interrupt mm. anything else it's it's a bit weird i know you know you have the kind of same thing in sort of boxing don't you and and golf we had that whole uh, thing about team uh, players playing for different um the saudi owned thing um so you can stop them from playing for it but you can't block the thing from happening so yeah doesn't surprise me remains to be seen what this, how this ends up but um it what it does do it gives uefa less power in the in the uh, negotiation right yeah yeah i mean it's whatever if spurs are a part of it then fuck it <laughs> you know it is what it is i i think you know there's all this sort of grandstanding of like oh i'm not gonna i'm gonna you know then i guess that's just what you have to do you have to kind of just realize now that modern football is is this way isn't it this is what it is um until somebody gets a real grip on it and realizes yeah. that we're devaluing the product with the amount of games with the pressure put on the players all of it the oversaturation even just of the content the lessening appeal of of the game in general yeah you know will, yeah. will that and ever happen or I, I don't know you know i don't know i mean look look at what's because surely season, I, I would though, imagine mate i would imagine our dad's generation was saying all this same shit when the premier league got announced you know yeah but, oh, yeah no, it's been... all bollocks now it's all bollocks <laughs> now isn't it yeah you know? yeah, yeah 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 you, you, and you know what they might be right though look at what's happening this season with the three promoted teams they are absolutely terrible and not even terrible compared to like good teams you know someone like forest who you know have sacked cooper this uh, yesterday and laughably i had nuno spirito santo <laughs> But they are so far adrift already, you know, from from these these things. So if you think about, well, if Premier League clubs, the seventeen Premier League clubs that are in in that that stay up the following season or the lot the previous season, if they're well run, and they are, you know, good, the three promoted teams will just keep going back down again, right? Yeah. So this is this this is kind of where football and is it effectively to. does work that way more often than not, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, you, what I, I think you get like one promoted team usually stays up, right? I mean, I don't think it, I think it's rare that all three go down, right? To my how mind. long have Brighton been up for now? Five years? Quite a long, quite a long time, yeah. Quite quite. Maybe not time. even so five years actually. Established. I, I yeah, reckon so it's, this. It's I reckon this will be their fifth season. That's that would be my guess. Yeah. Maybe yeah, fourth. What that few? Do you reckon? Yeah, I do. Let's let's have a look. When did Brighton get promoted? Yeah, sixteen seventeen. Oh, blimey! Um, but yeah, so 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 essentially, what you then have is three teams who go up and go down every season, um, and the established the seventeen other clubs stay pretty much established, and then it's like eight or nine teams who then fight it out in the championship through parachute payments and whatever that go up stay in the Premier League for a season, come back down again. Wouldn't surprise me if we see that happening over the next five years. Well, fuck it. Um, that's been a bumper episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's been a bumper episode, Phil. Are you Christmas excited? For, that, wasn't it? For, it Christmas was a Christmassy. There you are. You're, yeah. you're, you're fully on board now. You're Doctor Who Christmas specialing it, <laughs> hiding behind your sofa. With a fucking plunger stuck to your head. <laughs> Walking around the living room, exterminate all the family being, oh, look at Phil. He's had a, oh, one yeah. sherry too many. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know me too well, mate. 
Um, that's exactly how it'll be. Um, I don't watch Doctor Who just for records. Uh, I didn't even watch this new one, so no. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that you, you, you uh, yeah, feel compelled to actually yeah, make yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I'll, I'll happily be self-effacing in many different things, right? And let just you know <laughs> have a laugh. But there's certain things which like uh, cross the line. Yeah, the pale. You're going to be watching <laughs> Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Yes, I'll watch it. Yeah. Is it? Is it out today? I think so. Tomorrow, today or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Maestro, that... you're going to watch that? Netflix? Yes. Yeah. 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 Looks 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 good fun. Is there anything else? Um, June. June 2 is out early next year, isn't it? Yeah, we'll go and see that again. And I'll, I'll drink <laughs> too much wine like I did the first time and not understand any of it. find it all hilarious and ruin Just... the experience for me and everyone around me by accident. Getting woken up in the Odeon Lux, you know, the big reclining chairs every now and again with the... Yeah! The, the fucking soundtrack like yeah. Jesus what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah, just, uh, it's a big just fucking like, worm on screen yeah, yeah. it's um, all wine popcorn or <laughs> cakes down your front oh dear well have a uh, I mean I'm going to do the Friday pod ahead of this but you know Phil if you want to say goodbye to everybody ahead of Christmas Good, goodbye to everyone ahead of Christmas. Won't you enjoy the, the the weekend and just relax yourself? Yeah. Um, Spurs are playing on Saturday. Don't get too worked up about it. Just enjoy it. It's about family, isn't it? Family time. All right. I've never done anything like that before, but that was sincere. I promise. Family time and Doctor Who. <laughs>